go. Welcome on out to the Ranger Experience. My name is Christian Ingram, and joining me today is my co-host from Power Rangers in Cyberspace. Hi, that's me. I'm Sean Fritz. Yes, Sean Fritz. Me. And today we have a very special guest on, uh, Mr. J.D. Now, I don't want to say your last name wrong. <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to butcher. How do you say your last name? Sutfin. Sutfin. Yeah. I, I should. I, I should have known that, but like I'm very bad with names. But my entire life, I've gotten it it pronounced all all over the all over the way. It, it could be every any way possible. It's been it's been said to me. <laughs> so like in school, like just teachers reading off your name, and you're like, that's not my name. Like, what, what are y'all doing? They always they always said Stufen, which I always thought was hilarious because it's there's no st there, and and I'm I'm not the best at uh, you know in my English, but it always would drive me a little bit bonkers, but I, I do not take offense to it whatsoever. <laughs> oh, man. I don't understand how that even happens. But, like, how, how are you doing today? I know it's been a crazy time in the world, um, quarantine yeah. and all this stuff. How, how, is, how has it been for you? Uh, it's definitely been new. I, uh, I'm a really uh, high-energy um, person that wants to be constantly working on a million things at once, and about half of those million things disappeared <laughs> so it's been a little bit awkward um changing my rhythm you know there's a lot of stuff that that we do um with my company big lick entertainment that puts on you know events like comic-con and stuff mm -hmm. but then of course i play music and i mean we've just had show after show after show after show after show just turn to smoke uh and that's tough you know uh especially when you really realize um, how important those performances are to you that like you can get up in front of people and let a lot out. It's exercise. It's all of these like wonderful things at once. It's, it's typically a, a bit of drinking. And so you miss out on all of those things. Um, so it, it's definitely been an adjustment, but I got to say though, you know, I've got a four year old son. This is literally the most time I've ever been able to spend with him. Um, and it's just been awesome working from home and doing some stuff like that. As a someone who's been working from home successfully for the same company with many many jobs for the last almost eight years, I can say that I'm not affected at all. Lucky. <laughs> no need to brag, but I'm going to do it anyway. That's awesome, um, uh, Christian. I would I would like to uh, amend your intro. Sure, uh, you go ahead. You forgot to say, you, you forgot to do some sort of rambling intro. So, if I may. I mean, that's what you're good at. Go ahead. But I'm I'm, I'm good at talking. It's my job, actually. Uh, so uh, today's guest uh, to the Ranger Experience, uh, a man who, for the, the the first man since WrestleMania 17 that I have seen wore shoes just like the Iron Sheik, the man who doesn't know that he's inside right now, hence the jacket. Uh, is he in a day spa? Is he in uh, a Vegas-style uh, wedding venue? I am. Sort of. Uh, Mr. J.D. Sutphin. Hey! Much better there, Christian. There, there you go, Sean. <laughs> well, that's your that's your part of the podcast. That's why I need you. Well, uh, what we'll do, Christian, is in post we'll fix it. Yeah, yeah. Take out post. we'll take out all your bullshit. Yeah, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> Isn't this live? Yeah. Yeah. That's the that's joke. <laughs> that's, that's the joke. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, he, JD, you're not in on all of our inside jokes. We'll fix it in post is something we say at least 50 times for within an hour for oh, that's funny. when recording. Yeah, because we're hilarious. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Ha ha, LOL. Jesus. Oh, man. So, so to build on your question there, Christian, 
Uh, I was looking at your Instagram yesterday, JD, and it's not stalking if you're doing research, which sounds, and, and so I saw a date stamp of, was it March 19 that you and your, your wife, your partner, uh, and your son, uh, moved into your home. Yeah. Did you, did you close that day? Because March 19 is a very critical day in some states. That's when Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and a couple other states said, if you sign any legal documents after March 18, they're null and void. So I know people that have closed on houses on the 19th. Yeah, no, we cl- it was the 13th. The day that we closed, that, we- that Friday the 13th, was the day that everything went to crap. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, it was kind of bonkers because we found like our dream home, and we're so excited and we're moving in. And, uh, and the day that we're moving in, I actually was supposed to have a festival that night that we were putting on. We we're going to put on a St. Patrick's Day festival that then got canceled by that weekend. I think I had lost three other events the weekend that I moved into the new house. So I'm really glad that we moved in when we did, not only because of the, uh, you know, the whole bank situation. You never know if someone's going to, you know, pull out of an agreement or something like that. But uh, it was also nice because if we had been stuck in the old house, we would have been a little bit crazy with each other. We've got a lot more space <laughs> to be, uh, be quarantined together. Yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely critical in, in yeah. as they say, in, in trying times like these where, right. you know, you're made to stay home and they'll bring you stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the only beatdown has been, uh, you Wait, know, you got beat not, down? Well, th- yeah, not physically. Oh. The, o- the only the only okay. crazy part has been um, like not being able to like shop for like stuff for the house and want to like do that. But of course, you go by Lowe's and you're all done up in your mask and stuff like that. And there's like fourteen hundred people just uh, in the entrance, which is here. hilarious. Not <laughs> here. I'm in the wild west of uh, Southern Raleigh area, and oh, right. boy, people in this county. Uh, oof. they do not care. They're like, yeah, you know, the masks, they're, um, they don't make those around here. They're optional. <laughs> yeah. Masks are optional. It's like, oh, uh, it, it's not, it's not to the point where showers are optional, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, but it's a, it's a very interesting place. It's like one step above Richmond or at least yeah. the part of Richmond that Christian lives in. Yeah. Sounds about it's, right. Uh, it's in I, Smithfield. I actually area. ordered some Power Rangers mask. Because my oh. son was like super excited about it, so he's got a white ranger and a green ranger on the way. Uh, I, uh, it's funny you say that because I asked Cowboy right there, um, you know the be- the be- the bandana Manahan over there. Um, I asked him, uh, I sent him a text. I was like, "Did you order these, or did you order two of these yet?" And he's like, "Yes, yes." That's the end of that story. It <laughs> was a great story. Yeah, well, and I also asked you, "Did you order the Psycho Ranger stuff?" And you're like, "I don't know. Leave me alone." I was busy. It'd be like that sometime, but yeah, I've been seeing a lot of like Power Rangers bandana mask and stuff going on, and I'm like, that's smart right now because people are buying them. I yeah. want more variety, though. Christian, I was actually on the radio in Richmond for uh, for three years. I was up there for a while. That's actually what got my start in events. Um, was uh, working for the radio station when we would put on the chili cook off. If you remember that back at oh, yeah. uh, the RIR um, back in the day, and like had like. Shine Down, Theory of a Dead Man, Seether, a bunch of pretty cool, like, uh, you know, early 90s rock bands um, back in the day. And that got me 
really hungry for for putting on events and stuff like that. And then I did the same thing down here. But I, I did nights on that station on uh, XL one hundred two or one hundred two one of the X. So uh, overnights or late nights. Uh, seven p.m. to midnight. Mm. So you worked yeah. for Intercom Richmond. It was Clear Channel back then. It was Clear Channel Radio. Yeah. Don't brag about that. It was uh, a interesting company to work for. I worked from them for uh, from two thousand two to two thousand thirteen. Okay. So I was still I was still like a teenager when I uh, when I started. Yo, that that's that's like my goal. Like I've been trying to get a job in radio for so long, and the, like the funny thing is, I went, when we were at GalaxyCon, I went up to the people at the at the intercom booth or the Q ninety four booth, and I was like, "Hey, how do you, how do y'all get hired? Like, what do I do?" And then I was like naming out all like the audio equipment, and they're like, "Oh, you know more than some of us." And I'm like, "I'm really frustrated right now." Yeah, actually, the way that I got my I was at an, an Almond Brothers concert, and mm, good choice. Um, yeah, and, and and I went outside for a minute because I was having an argument on the phone. <laughs> Seriously, and as I'm outside having this argument, I hang up the phone, and I see the morning guy like packing up the van and stuff where they were doing a broadcast, just like like a Galaxy Con where they were mm-hmm. out in the front. And I went up to the guy and I was like, "I love what you do in the morning, like." you know, how did you get your start? And he goes, well, actually, we're hiring right now. You should call this number and hands me the card. And I kid you not, that was like a Tuesday night, a random night at the Salem Civic Center in Salem, mm-hmm. Virginia. By the following week, I was an intern on every night, Monday through Friday. It happened that quickly. So you were interning? No you were yeah. an intern, on-air intern? Yeah. And so what wow. was neat it went really well with the uh, the interview with my boss, and he was like, "Well, what you can do is I'll have you sit in with the night guy, and he'll kind of teach you how to run the board and do all the audio and stuff like that." And the guy, his name was Nixon, was like, "Well, I actually would like to have someone to bounce off while I'm doing my show at night." So he just threw the mic in front of me, you know, a kid straight out of high school, and within only a few weeks of that, I got the overnight show, the midnight to three a.m. And then started doing a weekend shift. But my schedule was crazy because they were only paying me like pennies on the dollar when I first started. I mean, I was a teenager. I would work as a Spanish translator at Virginia Utility Protection where you would call before you excavate somewhere. And I would be on the phone from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. I would leave and go immediately. Time out, time out. Time out. So you worked for the call 811 before you dig? I did. I think that that sentence is missing a comma. Call eight one one comma before. Call eight one one before comma. You dig? <laughs> Wait, I got it around yeah. here somewhere. <laughs> there, there it is. There we go. <laughs> oh man! But it was the craziest work schedule because I'd be there from like eight to two, be off for an hour, go to the radio station at four to show prep from four to seven, be live from seven to midnight. And then I'll be live on my own show from midnight to 3 a.m. Go home, try to go to sleep, get back up, be at the day job again by 8 a.m. And I did that Monday through Friday for a year and a half before I fi- they finally gave me a full-time job. It was bonkers. That's not normal, Christian. Don't expect that to happen. And those jobs don't even exist anymore. I mean, r- radio, uh, other than if it's a locally owned station, those those big networks, they, they are – it's just awful what what's happened um, to so many markets. Actually, uh, Clear Channel traded the Richmond market for another market. That's why Intercom has them now. It's kind of bonkers. 
not well, to talk and, bad about anybody. Well, you can. Everybody talks bad about Clear Channel, but you know <laughs> because they give you a studio, Christian, the size of your of your sound booth. Oh, that's for tiny. for at least for at least two people to be in, um, and so it's a closet, literally, uh, and. It, you're JD. You were lucky to have an uh, an after twelve thing. Usually, it's just whatever they call it that automated push a button and yeah, eight, eight hour playlist. Yeah, I was a live jock for eleven years. I eventually became the midday guy, so I was on from ten a.m. to three p.m. Uh, Monday through Friday. But then I was the music director. I was imaging director. Um, I was the marketing director of seven radio stations, and I was a salesperson at the same time because they wouldn't give me a raise. So I figured out a way to you know to get them make me more give me more money. But it was awesome because that experience, though, when I quit to start my company of doing events, I got to learn so many facets, facets of media broadcasting and how that translated to revenue um, and how to really market anything from Taco Bell to a NASCAR race. Um, and we put that into our events and it, it, it worked tremendously, worked tremendously well, to say the least. So let's talk about that a little bit. So Big Lick Entertainment, you're the you're the the big guy in charge. Um, so I'm assuming based in Big Lick, Virginia. Yeah, Roanoke. Yep, exactly. So was there a Big Lick Entertainment, if you take the initials BLE, was there ever uh, um, an attempt to to make the company's initials B-I-G or L-I-C-K? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, that is marketing. Marketing in the fun. name. Yeah. <laughs> we were, we wanted, uh, I, I called it Big Lick because um, I really wanted it. Because everything that we do, about 90, 99% of our events benefit charities. Um, we've raised a lot of money for some different local nonprofits since we started. And Roanoke's original name is Big Lick. So I thought from like a community aspect, you go backwards sometimes to go forwards. So a little old schoolness by calling it big lick. And the funny thing too, of course, is whenever like I would have like a problem with like my website and I'd have to call like GoDaddy or whoever my host service was. And I'd say, yeah, the website's biglickentertainment.com. Sometimes the person on the other end would kind of chuckle because I think they thought it was adult <laughs> entertainment. <laughs> but it was, it's like, you know, it's, that's nothing to do with that. Putting on like country concerts and, mm -hmm. and food festivals uh, before we finally, of course, got into uh, doing a Comic-Con. So, the, so everything else came, the comic, the conventions came, comic conventions specifically came, they're, they're yeah. more recent. Of Way recent later. Yeah, we had existed for, you know, five years before we did our first Comic-Con doing uh, like food festivals, street fests, um, fairs, like all uh, our own and then getting hired to do other ones. And it was one of those things because like the comic world and the pop culture world is really, really important to me. Um, it was something I was really, really personally passionate about. And I wanted to make sure that the infrastructure of our company was at a place before we got into that world to really be able to do, put our own stamp on it. And it not just be like, here's a smaller version of something you've already seen in another city in Roanoke. And and people responded to that. And I really noticed that the thing that matters the most, I think, with some of those events is the people that are putting them on. It shouldn't be, you know, 99 percent of the staff are volunteers. It needs to be people that have a vested interest in being there. Um that truly care about uh, why you're celebrating what it is that you're doing. It's not just for the money for us at all. Uh, we did Comic-Con because I love the shit out of comics and movies <laughs> and TV shows that made me feel much more powerful as a child. Um, and it, it, it definitely worked because 
the, the response that we had from our vendors and stuff was was just tremendous. And and we also want to make sure that no matter what we do entertainment wise um, has like a value to the market. And it was something that wasn't here. Yeah, that like Big Look's the first kind of convention I've ever heard of, like in Roanoke. Yeah, and it and there and there've been other ones too. There've been a lot of really great ones. There's a Roanoke Valley uh, mm-hmm. Comic Con that's been going on for years that I've gone to, uh, and there was a bunch of other really cool ones that unfortunately fell by the wayside that I used to go to when I was younger. Uh, and there's a really cool fantasy sci-fi convention called Mysticon that's always in February. Um, but that like pop culture superhero driven kind of event had not existed at all and and we wanted to do something that um that made us feel like we felt when we watched x-men the animated series at nine years old you know eating cereal and and losing our minds watching the power rangers so dude that's like a saturday afternoon for me at 36 years old amen yeah (laughs) i mean like my son's four years old and he is absolutely obsessed with power rangers right now I mean, he is just going bonkers. Like Dino Charge is his jam right now because he's finally really getting into uh, to dinosaurs. And I am like a thousand percent as excited as he is when he's watching that stuff with him. So it's a really cool like bonding experience for us. So are you familiar with the upcoming crossover for this for this current season? The, uh, the, we're the not Dino- caught up on this season. He, we the, started him at Mighty Morphin, and I'm working my entire way up right mm, now. So. That's I, Christian. That's called good parenting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're going in chronological order. And, uh, but now I did. I watched the first few episodes of this season, just up to the point to where um, the other two characters were now evil and on the other planet, like with, 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 the, uh, with the villain. So... Uh, to hip you in the second season of Beast Morphers, there's an upcoming crossover, and Christian and I—they're very tight-lipped about it. It's like Marvel Phase Two tight-lipped. You don't know Jack Jack about what's coming, yeah, uh, except for the fact that it's coming, and that's all you know. And like a couple still frames here and there, but there's something called the Dino War that's coming up. That's awesome. And Austin St. John, not his real name, will be in it. Um, <laughs> and the suits from Mighty Morphin, the rest of them. The original ones and um, who Yoshi will be in there. It's Yoshi, uh, Brennan, uh, James Davis, and and they're from Dino Thunder. No, Dino Charge. That's what I said. No, that's not. What <laughs> Isn't you said. it something too like like when you see the Mighty Morphin suits and any of those crossovers that they've done? There's something magical about just seeing it in high def. Oh, Once yeah. a Ranger. You know what I'm saying? Once a like, Ranger was great for that. Well, I mean, it's just something about the first time that when uh, like I when we watched the big crossover um, movie, mm. when uh, Jason David Frank reached Saba out to that kid, I thought oh, I my son, uh, my, my son was about to lose his mind over that yeah. because it just came out of nowhere. And he thought it was the coolest thing. I could see the hair in the back of his neck standing up when he was watching it. So speaking to that and, and a couple of weeks ago, we had with the exception of. Patty and was it just Patty Christian? Yeah, Patty. We, we had every and we had everybody except Patty, but we had Melody Perkins on as well on in one of these little round tables. So we had Selwyn and and uh, Chris and and uh, Tracy and Roger, Roger and Justin. Oh, and I Chris Christian, I did get my Roger coin. So so like Sylvie, I can get a hold of Roger anytime I need to. Yes, I got a Roger Valesco coin. Ooh. 
So, um, uh, so for kids, obviously that was, you know, countdown to destruction was a great, great ending of a, of a potentially series. And ultimately it just turned out to be the ending of a Zordon season. Era. Yeah. Well that too. And, uh, partial ownership by Fox, but anyway, uh, Saban rather. And, um, you know, just talking to them about it, uh, you know, it's geared towards kids, obviously, and it's got that emotional impact. It's got the what's going to happen? Oh, they're going to sh- they're going to reveal themselves. But then, when everybody in the crowd's like, "I'm the Red Ranger," "I'm the Blue Ranger," "I'm the Silver Ranger," I'm like, "Holy shit!" That's from Spartacus from the '40s. Oh wow! It's like yeah, what yeah. the hell? Like, I'm granted they stole everything from anything that season. Sure. Oh, our our super our super villain is here. You can't see him. He's right there. It's my cat. <laughs> That's oh, awesome. Man. But like for Big Lit Comic Con, you've got to work with like some amazing actors. You got to work with Jason David Frank, Jason Font, Tracy Lynn Cruz, and you're gonna get to work with Catherine Sutherland in the upcoming yeah. Big Lit Comic Con. And what is it? Yeah. Halloween weekend? Yeah, yeah. So it was gonna be August, and it was one of those things of. So Virginia is opening in phases. Mm-hmm. We're going to phase one on Friday. They think that that'll last two to four weeks. And then um, it will go to phase two, four to six weeks, and then phase three. When phase three happens, um, there are no restrictions on public gatherings. And I knew that August would be open for that, but it was just one of my – I just knew I didn't want to be the first big event back. Like I wanted to see – the absolute best way we can be the safest as possible during all of this. Mm -hmm. And I had actually already earmarked those dates with the venue because I wanted to throw a Halloween event Mm -hmm. hosted by Big Lit Comic Con. But it was like, man, this is serendipitous. Let's move the con. Every single one of our guests were like, that's great. We're 100% in. We're open that weekend and moved right away. And Catherine was awesome about it. So we're definitely going to add, you're the first ones to hear this, but we're going to add a Halloween event that Saturday night of the con that will be absolutely fantastic. Um, but the, yeah, the, the Rangers that we've worked with has been incredible. And what's been really kind of bonkers is it's all been through personal personal recommendations. Font uh, was friends with Falk Henschel, that was Hawkman uh, mm-hmm. in Legends of Tomorrow. And Hmm. Falk was at our con before Jason was at, that Jason Font was at. And he reached out to Jason and was like, dude, I just had a bunch of fun down in Roanoke. I'd never been there before in Virginia. You should hit up the promoter. This is his cell phone. And Jason just texted me out of the blue one day. (laughs) And it was kind of bonkers. A normal day. Yes. And uh, so we had him. And then through him, we had Tracy. And um, what was really crazy it was just like a random day. I'm in my office and I get a text message of, Hey man. And I was like, that's an LA number. What the hell is that? Or no, I'm sorry. It was a Texas San Diego. And it was uh, it was a Texas number. I'm like, and it just said, Hey man, it's JDF. Oh, it's like, what JDF? Like, like is, is somebody pranking me? What? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I was like, well, I'm JD. Who's JDF. I was like, there's no way it's Jason David Frank. And he goes, it's Jason, Jason Font's buddy from Power Rangers. And I seriously was like, you are kidding me right now. <laughs> you know? and, uh, and we ended up getting on the phone that day and talking about the next Comic-Con. And just really, it, he is seriously one of the coolest, most personable 
um, yet professional people I've met since I've been doing events. I've been doing events since 2010 and he is top of the list. I've worked with some huge bands and met a lot of folks. Uh, there's a reason that guy has the following that he has because it is absolutely real. Christian. Yes. Should, should, should I go get it and show God, him? I guess. <laughs> All right. I, I have something that I, so I met Jason font last year at nickel city con in Buffalo. And the year before that I met Jason David Frank for the first time. This was before he started wearing his suits. So I have a picture of him in a bandana and um, jeans and a t-shirt, a headband, whatever. And, um, my mom did what moms normally do. So I'm going to mute myself. I'm going to walk over there and get it. And then I'm going to bring it back and I'm going to show you. And if my cat walks in front of my screen, say hello to him and call him names. What's the cat's name? Asshole. No, it's uh, it's Shadow. <laughs> That's a terrible name for a cat. Well, he wakes me up at 7.15 every morning by knocking stuff off my nightstand. Because it has its tail up and says it's from Ohio. No, he doesn't say shit like that. Yeah. Chocolate, no. star, chocolate starfish. Yeah. Thankfully, there's no hot dog flavored water in that. In, uh, hey, let this get. Thank you. There we go. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep on rolling that way. You know what time it is? <laughs> Jeez, he's a mess. Um. Oh, Are we just supposed to keep this conversation going? Well, yeah. I mean, I have to thank you because me and my mom actually went to Biglet Comic Con. That's where I actually met you. I saw you yeah. walking across the parking lot. I'm like, damn, those are some sweet-ass boots. <laughs> Everyone always talks about my boots. <laughs> that was the first thing I noticed. But my, my mom, like, that was her first time meeting JDF. And, like, nice. she was yeah. in love. She she watched Power Rangers with me when I was a kid. And she was like, yeah. she's like, I want to meet him. And I said, okay, well, we'll go here. He, it's the closest place to us. And, yeah. like, not only was it cool that he was there, it was an amazing con. It was, like... Most conventions seem hectic and crazy. This one was like kind of yeah. laid back, and I was like, okay, I, I, I oh, like this. Funny. And well, you and were the at a convention. Was funny when when we booked JDF for February of this of this past year, we actually booked him before August of the last one. So we had just been we'd been texting on and off or talking on Instagram for almost a year until he finally got to Roanoke, and uh, it was just. Um, it was really cool that to, to be able to just chat with him about all kinds of different stuff. And we're already talking about uh, some things for in the future that I think will be a lot of fun. Are so you ready you for this? I'm ready. All right. I'm going to move my microphone out of the way. Well, yeah. Now, remember, my mommy made this for me. I'm ready. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. It, it lives over there. That's awesome. I've shown three women that in my life. And they all ran the other way. Well, one of them's not here today. The other two aren't invited back. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. One of those is my mother. He's the best, though, man. There's, there's nothing like it. He, he, uh, and the funny thing is he's been giving us a lot of props on, uh, on his Insta stories because he's been wearing the hoodie I gave him a bunch. I don't know if you guys... Uh, following online but uh he's been wearing the big league comic-con uh hoodie uh, i can't keep up with it. him and burt Kreischer, kreischer i can't keep up with their with their instagram anything they're I'm, busy like oh he my is goodness. always working it yeah 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 Thank i you. actually did see um him wearing the uh hoodie i was like dang that's awesome i actually need to get me one of those hoodies because they look amazing 
I'll so he, yeah, absolutely. Here's what you here's what you need. You need like an artist rendering of Jason wearing the big leg hoodie on a hoodie. Right? <laughs> it's advertising in the advertising. Well, the uh, I want to uh, I've been watching and following the uh, the Legend of White Dragon of course that they're uh, mm-hmm. they've been working on. Um, and they just hit another level of their goal um, today. And if they hit another um, 50 grand raised, they're going to do a comic uh, to coincide as well. Uh, and if they go above that, they're going to do an actual full length feature film um, as well. It's pretty legit. I mean, and, and the stuff that uh, that JDF showed me when he was in Roanoke of it just looked phenomenal. Nice. Oh, yeah. I, I That's it's a really cool project. I actually I don't remember how much I pledged. I think it was like a hundred dollars, but it is what it is. It's one of the coolest things that I think he's done in a long time. Like Power yeah. Rangers was cool, but this seems like it's more adult oriented and Oh yeah. Like I don't know how to describe it. It's it's Power Rangers, but it's not Power Rangers. It's adult Power Rangers. Right. Well, yeah, and yeah, they yeah. mix and match too. You know, but he, but he understands in so many ways what his you know, persona is, you know, in the public eye. And I think that he, he, yes, it'll be more adult oriented, but he always makes sure that whatever he does can be enjoyed by the kids as well. Cause I think he really gets um, a kick out of seeing those multiple generations into the same thing. And there's like a wholesomeness that he always kind of pushes no matter really what he's doing, which is pretty bonkers. It's, it, I just, I, I can't get over, you know, what he's done as a businessman uh, and to be an artist. It's pretty epic. He's like the Gene Simmons of Power Rangers. But not a jackass. Correct Mundo. <laughs> so, Shots fired. No, that was um that was Gene Simmons is like the smartest businessman on the planet. Oh, yeah. Awful awful haircut, asshole and a half. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um so so I have a question two questions to follow up on that directly. Not Gene Simmons, he's that was just a statement. Um <laughs> Knowing that Jason David Frank has the same level of black belt, same degrees as, of black belt as Chuck Norris, did you instantly feel s- that much safer while standing next to him? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, he, he is still like completely jacked too, man. Mm-hmm. That guy's in shape. I I was like standing next to him, going, "God, I'm so glad I went on keto this summer." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, five minutes ago, I'm so glad I started I this. I felt like real bad that that last 10 pounds man thank god it dropped you know (laughs) (laughs) so you know so and you know you got to be on tv with jason david frank yeah yeah um so obviously jason david frank gets high praise from you we've all met him who else is on your wish list that you haven't had come in or that you would want to come in to the convention and you know rub elbows with and get random text messages from as far as um from power rangers or just in general yes power rangers yeah specifically i mean honestly it's pretty cool by the way yeah i mean austin would be fantastic though because i haven't met him before i went to um he was at was he at the rva con a few years ago that i went but walter was at and i got to meet walter walter's great too he was awesome he was so cool with everybody that he met, and he was just completely chill. Um, and I didn't get to meet Austin, but I would love to meet him. I'm honestly beside myself to have Catherine coming mm-hmm. because, like, I thought she was so great, 
and Zio was my jam mm-hmm. and still is. I love Don't say it. that too loud. I loved it, man. Zio I did. was I good. It was awesome. Oh, that's and right. Turbo was hot garbage. Turbo was the cars. It just doesn't work because it's not magical. A car is not magical. No. Well, Even Knight Rider, a... I have no interest. <laughs> you well, know? And the spoof, or, or and the Sentai was a spoof. I mean, it was a comedy one, and they're like, hey, let's make this super serious with a kid. It's like, well, let's try not to. Yeah, no, I, I really like Zio. Zio was a lot of fun for me, but I thought Catherine was great. She played off of the rest, uh, rest of them really well, and her, uh, obviously, and um, the Kia have a show together now on mm-hmm. YouTube, which is awesome. And the Kia is great, too. If you've not met her, you are missing it. Oh, if you meet Nakia, Johnson would be fantastic. Um, I think that would be really cool. (laughs) Mm -mm. Dang, Sean. I have opinions on that. I'll tell you later. Oh, geez. Alrighty then. No, Um, awkward. No, not (laughs) at all. I mean, I've said them before. I was actually just editing an episode that we Christian and I did, and I basically was blatantly said. Like I cut somebody off. I'm like, opinion right here. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, I, I have a personal experience. That's all I can say. That's fair. That's fair. I'm not. I'm not speaking hearsay. But uh, who did we meet recently? We met David. David Yost. He was great. Yeah. I mean, he was. He's. Ju- I think he's just starting to make the rounds again, and he's still a little unsure. But he had just done that life after Power Rangers with Noah Barron. If you yeah. if you saw that, no, uh, I that, basically a guy in L.A. did a six part, five minutes each series of uh, they're almost just like vignettes. It's like what happens if you're if you're the Green Ranger. He played the Green Ranger because he got had like a, a basic inexpensive suit, and he uh, you, it was uh, it was it was funny because he had. There was a picture of him riding an electric scooter through downtown L.A. in the Green Ranger suit, walking his dog in the Green Ranger suit, making coffee at a, at a coffee bar in That's the suit. Thing. But yeah. the whole reason he wore it was because he broke his morpher when he was morphed, when he was hooking up with a girl. And it's just... just it's ridiculous. The, it's Absolutely. ridiculous, but it's funny. And, you know, they have to... Go, we talked to... We, we had him on, and, and uh, spoiler alert, Walter and David both make cameos in it and walter he's like he was i asked walter we 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 talked to david and walter about it he's like yeah walter wanted to make a diarrhea constipate uh was it a uh a lacto what what was the thing that diapers yeah something like that diapers are like uh diarrhea medicine um a commercial (laughs) it was just it was uh absolutely ridiculous and he's like that was all improv it was all walter yeah walter's great but um, I think a lot of Power Ranger actors are great. I haven't met one that I haven't really liked. Like, I've not met the ones I've met. Yeah, and Tracy that we had was just awesome. Uh, her and her husband were, were fantastic. Oh, he's, he is fun. the best, by the way. I love talking to him. Yeah. Javier Lynn Cruz. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, and, they, and, and it was really cool when I've seen um, when our guests, I know, like actually go into the city and, and enjoy Roanoke because Roanoke's not the biggest city in the world, but has a lot of fun things to do actually like in downtown, uh, a lot of mom and pop restaurants and stuff like that. And they had an absolute blast while they were here, which is pretty awesome. How does the city embrace that your convention? Because it, like you said, it's a smaller city. It's a lot more, uh, you know, not the good old boys network, but, you know, in that same idea of. We don't have big boxes here or there, there's not as many or there, you know, it's all everybody knows everybody type thing. How does the city embrace, you know, the, you know, your, your convention or your, 
events in general uh, as well. They're, they're really supportive because, um, you know, we're one of the only, you know, local businesses that rents the biggest venue in the area, you know, multiple times a year. We rent the amphitheater downtown for multiple concerts every year. And um, we have a tourism office that is that promotes the heck out of that, especially the state level is really good um, at trying to uh, make sure that they actually do. They connect with bloggers all over the country to talk about what's happening in Roanoke. And I've seen because I track everything and I'm a numbers guy with my events. And I've looked at from the very first con up to this one, how that percentage of tickets pretty far outside of our normal area continues to grow. And the thing that's happening is like, yes, you can go to these other cons that have guests that cost literally hundreds of thousands of dollars. But, hey, it cost you a grand all in all to go there that weekend because of the package, the tickets, the travel, the hotel difference. You can go to Big League Comic Con and my tickets are $16 a day. You do not have to pay any additional price to meet any of our guests, no matter which guest they are. And an average hotel in this area, even the Marriott, which is our host hotel, a brand new, beautiful three-star hotel, is $78 a night. And I like when someone can say, you know, hell yes to buying something as opposed to being like kind of worried, you know, how much it's going to cost them. The biggest thing that I see is so like my grandfather's an antique dealer. He started the first flea market in Virginia back in like 1955. And, you know, flea markets back in the day were like really awesome antiques and, you know, custom stuff and all these tons of vendors all over this huge area that he had in Botetot. And I think about that mentality because he hardly charged them anything to be there because he loved the most people being there as possible. And I think about that with our vendors because when our vendors, it doesn't cost them that much to come to Roanoke. But then if the patron is not spending a whole lot to go to the event, what do they do? They spend more money with the vendors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yep. that only makes my event more successful because these people are buying the things that I'm celebrating. They're going to take these really cool toys that made them go like, oh, my God, I haven't seen a Megazord in person since I've got the one from my aunt when I was 11 or something. Or it could have been a Lord of the Rings toy. Like when we had Sean Aston, everybody had all of these awesome Lord of the Rings toys. And to see their faces light up while their kids are lit up and they're not spending a lot of money to do it, you're damn right they're coming back to the event in six months and mm-hmm. they're going to bring more people with them and buy from those people. Because I, I just, I guess being raised by small business owners, I think about the vendors and their experience more than I do anything when it comes to the guests. The guests to me are like, it's absolutely awesome to have that experience to meet these people that um, number one, I either looked up to and you know, as, as a kid or even now, um, or are just in really cool roles that have just like left an impression on me. Uh, cause it all is definitely a personal imprint of stuff that I, I really enjoy myself that we've brought into the event. But, um, I think about the vendors first. That's really important to me. I think that adds so much vibe, uh, to an event when it's the right folks out there selling, especially the people that aren't standing there looking at their cell phone, wondering why they're not selling anything, but are engaged with the crowd and talking to them and having just as much fun as the patrons, they sell more stuff. Yeah. We've, uh, Christian, and I have, have been to, and you know, we, uh, we've been to conventions like that where, you know, it doesn't cost a lot to get in. The convention actually absorbs the parking fees. Um, you know, and, and, you know, it, it makes sense. I mean, yeah, 
Uh, I'm not going to splash their name across it. <laughs> you know who you are, and if you listen to us, you do know who they are too. Um, but hang on a second. Hey, asshole, knock it off. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Here, let me mute. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Stupid ass. One like cat was, a, was... I had to beat the desk because it's the only one... He doesn't listen to me when I yell at him. Um, but, uh, you know, we've worked at some of those conventions. We've been invited to to them. And, and you know, it's it's inexpensive to get into. It's They have, you know, names that you want to see. Maybe not all of them at one time. Nobody does. Unless you go to a specific convention for that for that thing, like Power Morphicon. But it's... You know, it's it's nice that it, it's great that there are a ton of small conventions instead of like just Wizard World or just Read Pop. Mm-hmm. I have opinions about that too. Or you know, but it, it's nice that like there's a variety and there's smaller groups that are doing small to medium sized conventions because you can do them either more often, yeah, or you can go travel a little bit to do you know some. But you know, you meet great people, you meet interesting. People, you buy great things, things that you like, things that you, you know, cherish. And those people have Etsy stores. Yeah. Exactly. So you can continue to buy from them too, it, you know? It, yeah, it, it totally. It blows me away how many of our vendors actually truly get a fan base that continues to buy stuff from them after the event. And I think that that's the coolest freaking thing when that connection happens. And I guess, I guess my mentality too is a little bit different because I am a musician and I think about you know, selling merch and getting people to come back to my art and that matters to me. And when I see that connection happen in real time, it's different than like, God, I got to go and record the song or finish writing the song, go rehearse the song. Then we're going to record it. And then finally in three months, the song's going to come out and then I got to wait for it to be approved by TuneCore. And then it's got to go on iTunes and do all this. And you see like some of these local artists or regional artists or, or even, you know, national that draw a picture right on site and someone buys it. And they, and they instantly see their face just elated with the picture that they got from them. And it's, uh, it, that is the neatest thing in the world for me to watch that, you know? So I, I, I respect it and appreciate it in so many ways. Cause I, I, for the longest time as a kid, I wanted to be a comic book artist. That's what I, I draw a lot. I still do. Uh, I barely ever post anything that I draw because I get to see these people that would completely just wipe the floor with me. But the whole reason I even started playing music was because I would be drawing, listening to Metallica or, or Tool and really, really into the music. And I started picking up guitar while I was drawing. Then suddenly I'm not drawing as much. Now I'm playing music. And I was much better at playing music than I was at drawing. <laughs> so I stuck with it for a lot longer period of time. But I do want to get back into it. So speaking of that. Yes. Um, so... Um, your band is a more country-based, yeah. country-sounding band. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, Tool, Metallica. What's your go-to listen compared to, uh, obviously, singing? You can sing, you know, there's there's YouTubers that do sing 10 seconds of this song in 20 different, you know, styles. That guy's yeah. really talented, by the way. Um, but, um, you know, what, what's your go-to to listen to that's not necessarily in your in your lane, in your your band's lane? Well, so I was in a metal band for about tw- about 11 years before my country band, and oh. it was called Madrone, and oh. it was very much somewhere in between thrashy kind of metal and tool type stuff. 
And the thing, the country music happened to me very organically uh, because my grandfather on my mom's side, not the one that was the antique dealer, he toured and, and signed. He played all over the country, a uh, bluegrass guy, died before I was born. My grandmother gave me his guitar before she died. But then one year for Christmas, my aunt actually gave me um, songs that my grandfather had written before he died. Oh, wow. And he died like a decade before I was born. But I learned those country songs and actually fell in love with country. So there's always heavy music in me. Mm-hmm. But typically, if I'm in my car, I'm listening to like 80s thrash metal. There's a band that you might like. They're out of Salt Lake City, which is the weirdest thing to say. Uh, it's a it's a metal band. The there's a it's called Visigoth. It's a Norwegian. It's a Norse word. They have this great song called "The Revenant King," which Jim Florentine, if you know anything about metal, he's a comedian. Uh, but he had a show called That Metal Show on VH1 yeah, Classics. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, he loves this band. Uh, but this this song called Re- The Revenant King, I, I was listening to a podcast where he complains about everything. It's hilarious, by the way. Um, uh, and he was just talking about it. But basically, it's the the video is is it's like a nine minute song. It's very uh, Iron Maiden in storytelling. Yeah, yeah. the The video is hilarious because it's basically these three guys in a in someone's fenced in backyard, like chain link fence, uh, and and. They have like this Final Fantasy VII cloud strife sword. One guy kills the other guy, and then he comes back to life. And in between, there is um, basically the lead singer looks like Michael Chiklis and um, wears his sunglasses inside and his jacket. Yeah. And um, then then the thrash metal guitar guy looks like um, Dave Grohl, just headbanging like Cliff Burton. Yeah. Oh, that's God. that's the music video. Yeah. That's what's up. It's well, see, but I, like that, that thrash metal kind of stuff. I mean, and, and, and it was all for me, I got really into Metallica when I was young and then got into all the stuff that influenced them, the merciful fate and uh, tigers of Pantang and, and stuff like that. And that's what I, I like. It, it's funny when I'm on my way to like a country music festival that I'm getting ready to play and I'm listening to Merciful Fate when I pull up. And we, we joke because in Lolo Chariot, we know a lot of metal songs. And at some point, we're going to play the biggest festival we've ever played. And we're going to get up there and play all of Master of Puppets and just see what the crowd does. Because that would be funny to me. Master of Puppets or one? Well, I was talking about the entire Master of Puppets album. Oh, <laughs> you're going to go that go, go for 74 minutes and just rip their heads off. You know, I'm going to blow your mind here for a second. If, if, if you'll let me, you know, um, uh, not, uh, metaphorically speaking, um, David Lee Roth, a couple of years ago, put out an album. It was a bluegrass album. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Strum, Strumming with the Devil. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the, the cleverness of the name and bluegrass versions of Van Halen songs. Sure, yeah. I remember Are his you performance f- on The Tonight Show he did. Yeah. Are you familiar with the Rob Halford Holiday uh, album band, the Christmas no. album? Oh, it's hilarious. Like. Rob Halford. That's fantastic. Christian, Rob Halford is the lead singer of Judas Priest, the yes. band that basically influenced <laughs> yes. what what metal what metal fellows would wear in the 1980s. Tight leather. Not makeup. Oh. I'm, wearing, I'm wearing my leather boots right now. Your Iron Sheik shoes? I am. I just got a brand new pair. Oh, that's oh, right. man. Sexy, huh? You don't want that ten and a half up your up 
Up your butt, Christian. Well, don't, don't piss him off. No, 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 no. Oh, so when to go way back when you said, hey, man, it's JDF and you're looking at your phone, you should have been like, hey, I'm JDS. <laughs> I should have. Oh, man, that would have been a great comeback. It was, the most random thing was actually being able to be on a TV interview with him. Like on Saturday morning was kind of nuts. That Saturday was a, morning to Lane. That was a cool ass experience, to say the least. I never now, thought that when I was at Rose's buying his toy for five bucks, <laughs> twenty some years later, I'd be on TV with him. <laughs> Do you go back and watch the interview, and you're like, "That was actually real." Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah, I, I thought you were gonna say that was really good. No, we we were we were good on there together, and I did one with Font too. The Font one was fantastic. Font's great. And Font he roll with him, which which looked awesome. Font will roll with anything. But JDF made me feel underdressed, man. He was in the three-piece suit. Oh, my suit. gosh. Like, Damn it, I should have wore the suit. Every I convention. Doing, I was doing like the cowboy button-up kind of thing that I normally do. And You were and you were knowing your audience. Yeah. <laughs> I got to be uh, brand loyal. We don't, we don't want one of those Yankee fools rolling up in here thinking, oh, Mr. Big Tex, I'm going to buy up all your oil fields. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. <laughs> I am born and raised Southwest Virginia, baby. I don't have I'm, much of a country accent, though. I don't think you do. You do, Sean. Do I? You do. You, do. Uh, you just have a jackass accent. That's fair. That's that's very fair. So I know. So when you posted about your band, I think it was on Instagram or Facebook, the Lolo Cherry. I went to check it out, and I'm like, okay, let me let me check it out, dude. You got some pipes on you. You can sing. Thanks, man. Like, no, I appreciate that. I, I I drive for a living, like, cause you know, got to make money somehow. And I con- I'm constantly listening to listening to your songs, Carolina Ocean, um, Thanks, ho- Hometown Heartache, um, This Whiskey, All I Ever Do. You good, Sean? Yeah, I was just playing applause. That was not applause. It's like it's like it's it's Sutphin comes alive. That was not applause. Sutphin comes alive. But this to applause. You hear it? Now it is. Someone needs to take that away from you. But, like, how, how did you, like, write all those songs and get all those songs started? Because I know you recorded in Nashville. And, like, how mm-hmm. was that experience? No, it was, all, it was completely different than when I was recording with a rock band. When you're, in a rock, when you're in a rock band, a metal band, and you go to the studio, I can tell you, no matter what, if it's a rock studio, it's all about toys and experimenting and fun stuff. It's like, oh, we have these three or four different amps to choose from here's all of these different guitar effects etc 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 right and we're going to layer all this stuff and make this huge production when you go to nashville it's you're going to play this song the band three times and that's it oh you're not doing individual layers or tracks they will let you after you've nailed the full band enough to comp something from those three or at least take one full of those three and then you layer it and like the pressure is completely different and they have no problem telling you that wasn't great <laughs> let's do it again i still remember now what the first time i ever recorded with a big producer with the rock band though his favorite thing or at least maybe it was my favorite thing that he would say to me that was it's still stuck in my head and i finished singing and i'm like you know sweaty and i just you know tried to put my heart completely into a song and he would say that was perfect jd let's do it again <laughs> that's like the biggest backhanded compliment ever 
it was perfect, <laughs> you know. Uh, no, the, I mean, the process, it always starts. Like, I, we've got rehearsal, actually, tonight. Um, I usually play at home. I always have guitars in my office um, where I work on Big Lick stuff or Lolo Chariot stuff um, or pretty much anywhere I go. There's always a, a guitar in my car, and I'm always writing. My voice, like demos, like the voice recorder on my iPhone has so many snippets of songs it's ridiculous and because if you don't record that stuff the second it happens it is just ripped out of your brain and it will never come into existence you know, you know so you uh, know the story of of the um what is it satisfaction riff the keith richard story about the tape was going and they were hammered and he just played it back he's like oh that sounds good right yeah it's i mean like Kirk a, gamut wrote inner sandman at four o'clock in the morning in a hotel yeah, and didn't know like, until like six months later when he was listening to the tape. Yeah, it's so like yeah, um, you, just, you just have to capture it when you can when you can do it, and then I bring it to the guys, and then the guys build upon it. And and the band is they're so talented that literally at rehearsal I'll sit there with a like a wireless mic and bassist, guitarist, drummer. I can sing to them a guitar riff, and they're gonna pull it out of thin air. It's it's the craziest thing um, in the world because they. I am a three chords, very James Hetfield from Metallica mentality of like, I have no idea what key I'm in. I don't know the name of most of my chords. I just know how to find what it is I want it to sound like. Those guys in the band, they know like, oh, well, this is the Fagrin theorem of blah, 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 with E major, yada, yada, yada. And that helps <laughs> because then they can whip it into shape. But for me, it's a very visceral thing that has to be about how I felt or what the story calls for. And then we can get into the the music theory aspect of it. And I think that's why it works. You know what I need? So I have a challenge. And, and you can take as much time as you want on this. I'm not saying you have to do it right now. This is just to take it and run with it. I need anthemic country song. Not like... You know, I got friends in low places type stuff. I'm talking like something that's, you know, a, there's a 34 minute song by, I think it's the Decemberists. And I don't know what it's called because I don't listen to the Decemberists. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Friend, uh, an, old roommate, an old roommate did and he wouldn't never, he would never turn it off. But there's I, I one. Think I can smell the chai latte when I hear the word Decemberist. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And, and maybe anthemic is not the word that I'm thinking of. I have uh, on the YouTubes here. My cell phone, telephone. I'm going to look it up here. There is a thirty. There's a um, something like um, we all know who Joe Satriani is. Christian, heard the name. Yeah, surfing with the alien man. He was Kirk Hammett's uh, guitar teacher. Yeah, he is uh, nothing to be messed with. So the the song "If I Could Fly," the 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 music says is the are the it's like the voice box with Frampton yeah, comes alive. Sure. Right. Something something like that. Um, where is it at here? Uh, like a long story. Where are you at? There is another like 30 plus minute song about the Civil War. And I can't remember where what it's called. I'm looking for it. I'm not going to find it anytime soon. But something like that. And, and I can't even put it. I can't even verbalize it very well. Obviously, I'm. So what are you saying? Like something like trapped in the uh, closet? Like something yes. That long? Something like that. Or something that's like this like a ballsy country music song. Well, that's where you have to. So there's some people in country because we're not like 
your normal country music. I enjoy all kinds of country. Um, mm-hmm. I don't mind the stuff that's on the radio, but I listen to a lot of like Ty- Tyler Childers and Sturgill Simpson that are doing like we laugh within the within Lobo Chariot. We don't. It's not bro country. It's pro country. <laughs> your country music. And Sergil is somebody you need to listen to because it gets so trippy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got country covers of Nirvana. That is absolutely fantastic. And you can see that this is a guy that's because the thing that I think is really exciting about country right now is not only. Um, I don't know, I, I guess the best the best way to say it is it's there's every kind of music imaginable in country because yeah. there's really heavy, dirty southern rock bands that have loud ass Gibson Les Pauls that were raised on Marshall Tucker because if Marshall Tucker band came out right now, they would be a country band. If Leonard Skinner came out right now, they would not be a rock and roll band. They'd be considered country. But then there's these, this really cool indie rock East Nashville stuff that was raised on Tom Petty and the heartbreakers that just rips me open. And that's totally up my, my alley. It's like the new classic rock is real country right now. And it, it, it's something for everybody. My, my wife and I just like we we love going to Nashville so much because the music scene, it, it, it's like a battery charger to me every time I'm out there. But uh, I'll send you some links to some stuff that I've been listening to. But Sergil is definitely one. Uh, and Tyler, because you're talking about some long ass, introspective, deep mm-hmm. and dark stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That was needed. It's not going to get on the radio. Yeah, and I that's know. the thing that always drives me crazy is so many people think country music is just the same 15 songs that get played on top 40 country. A and pickup truck, I hate my wife. Right. Here's uh, low dirt road, man. Like, yeah. Yep. No. Drinking beer, NASCAR. Woohoo. Gee, yeah. Get them on the gee doggy. There's a song. Um, it's the title track of our first record called Believer. And mm-hmm. the funny thing, the title of that song was written before I'd even named the band. I went to Nashville for the first time and I went to the Johnny Cash Museum. And I'm standing at the end of his museum, of the full display, and it goes through his entire life. And they're playing his cover of Nine Inch Nails Hurt on mm-hmm. repeat. That's great. They got the, the big music board. The sound, It's called the Soundcraft Ghost was the board he recorded it in. And they had these three signs with pictures of Johnny Cash describing the kind of man he was. And it was like activist artist and the very last one was believer and i looked at my wife and i was like that's the name of my first record that's it because i went to nashville because i'd been reading the and looking over those songs that my grandfather written i wanted to kind of like follow his journey to go there and see the places that he'd been to and it uh it it was uh, as I would call it a crucible moment in my life to realize that that was what I was supposed to do and supposed to play that kind of music and believer is one of those epic stories because I had a death in my family of the person that was my biggest cheerleader that told me that I could do anything. And, uh, and he was the most positive person I ever met in my life. And he got murdered. He stopped a bar fight that he had nothing to do. And someone put a knife into his heart and ended him. And he still, no matter how much stuff he accomplished and did in his life, he said the thing that uh, he loved the most was the fact that he was a believer. And it was so weird that all of that like came full circle for me. It's pretty, uh, pretty epic to talk about, to say the least. Mm. It almost, uh, it, and it helps, you know, continuing that get brings you closer to that person that Absolutely. you never really knew. Yeah. That's that's really neat. Yeah, man. That's, yeah, and Johnny Cash is. I mean, that's my. I wear all black. <laughs> it, it, I was. It's. I absolutely love Johnny. Cash is a legend. 
Yeah, just Stay don't go place. to prison. <laughs> yeah, do Stay out of prison. Yeah, yeah. here's a bad place. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, but get him back. If you to- play in prison, hold on. If you play in prison, you got to have that that cage like they have in Roadhouse. Oh yeah. <laughs> the double deuce. <laughs> Oh, How many God. bars have you I played have, at that are like the double deuce? I have way too much product in my hair to go to prison, man. It would not go well for me. <laughs> but you can get a haircut in prison right now. <laughs> I just made an appointment. I'm so, I've been cutting my own hair the past few months. I just I let just, it grow. I just, yeah, I haven't done jack. <laughs> this is, I let my, my beard grow in. Let my hair grow long. Beard. This is the first time I've had a beard in my life. Yeah, me too, actually. <laughs> this is about a month. I, I stay with a beard because if I shave, I look twelve. So it's it's not happening. Yeah, you're <laughs> short. You're short, and you have a very round face. I do, I do. But mm-hmm. getting back to country music, like I, I want to keep making fun of you. I mean, you can, but <laughs> we only have so much time. But country music, like that's my main jam. That's what I listen to mainly. And that, like, oh, that, nice. yeah. there are so many great, talented artists that don't get played on the radio like they should. I mean, yeah. I my main people I listen to right now are uh, Dallas Smith. I uh, the song. Have you heard "Timeless" by him? No, I'll check that out. Dallas that, Smith. Yeah, "Timeless." Nice. That that's a good yeah. one. And then um, uh, Danielle Bradbury is another one I listen to a lot of. Oh yeah, yeah, I've heard on the highway before. That's what I listen to the most on Sirius. Yeah, she's. I, I like I I first saw her years after her audition on The Voice or her whatever, yeah. and I was like. Oh, she's good. Like I, th- I still think yeah. her first album's the best. But like, country is so many different things that like you can just pick out of like anywhere, and you're like, okay, one country song d- doesn't sound the same as the other, but the stuff they play on the radio is the same. Very, very totally. homogenized. Mm-hmm. Marty Stewart is my jam. Oh, dude, Marty Stewart is the. Uh, you can't. Yeah. John Anderson, Marty Stewart. Yeah, man. You know. We play a bunch of Dwight Yoakam and Lolo Chariot. We cover a bunch because nice. that stuff. That's just that like. Fired up, drink a lot, mm-hmm. slam yeah, go fight, music, man. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah, absolutely. Drink, fight. You're, god you're clearly at a frat party if you're yes. in any Dwight Yoakam song. Totally, absolutely. Yeah, nineties country was was my jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that anthemic stuff, man. Like we do, mm-hmm. we do friends in low places every once in a while. Everybody does friends in low places. <laughs> There's some happy drunks when you play that song. At oh one my o'clock god, in the morning at a uh, bar. <laughs> only if you play. Is it? Is it? Um, yeah, Low Places is the one that has that mysterious third verse. The third verse, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I yeah. love yeah. the third verse. Yeah, yeah. totally. Because oh, he curses. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, we do it. So here, here's a question, and this is like a, a geek out moment for you more so. It's like, And it's like a, a fantasy type thing. So producer that you want to work with mo- the most, Dave Grohl or Jack White? Dave Grohl, absolutely. Dave Grohl, Phil Spector. Uh, Dave Grohl. <laughs> yeah, I think Dave Grohl would definitely be. Phil, would, Phil creeps me out now, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Dave Grohl is one of those like renaissance music. Like who knew the drummer of, uh, not even the original drummer. He's like exactly. the spinal tap of drummers. For... Yeah, he's like the sixth guy or something like that. Yeah. So speaking of which, how many spinal tap covers are in your in your catalog. <laughs> there are not any, but I've definitely had many spinal tap moments. I was, uh, we played the nine 30 club up in DC once. Sure. It wasn't in Cleveland. No. And I got lost and didn't know <laughs> how to get to the stage. We Seriously, did that at a convention, was, didn't we? Yeah. I was backstage and I could not figure out 
how to get from the dressing room, which included 930 Club cupcakes, which was really nice. And they were little black and white chocolate cupcakes with 930 on it. And uh, we could not figure out how to get to the stage. We're like opening for like a national act. I mean, I've had some really crazy Spinal Tap moments occur. We had a, uh, a van explode and become completely inoperable Here's, outside. Hold on. Now, you have to tell this story. So, funny thing. All right. This is like probably February of 2011. We're playing in Philly on a Thursday night. Where were you playing? J.C. Dobbs? Yeah, the like- legendary Dobbs, man. Yeah, we really were on South. And, um, you know, we called it mashed potato Johnson because it looked like <laughs> Wait, the name giant... of the, the name of the, tr- the van was mashed potato Johnson. Yeah. Mashed potato Johnson. How is that not the name of the band? You can, you can just be creative in your own mind as to why we called it that, but it was yeah. lumpy. It definitely was lumpy and it starts vibrating and starts to go kaput. And we're like, we're not going to make it. Oh, my God, we're not going to make it. And it dies. And we're, we're still like two hours away from the venue. So there's no way for us to cab out to there or anything like that or get a rental or anything. So it was already late. We drove straight there to go play the show from Roanoke, which is like a seven-hour drive. Breaks down. We're like, okay, we're going to have to make the best of it. This is the first time we've ever not made a show. So we'll get a hotel room. We'll rent a U-Haul the next day because we got to play in Salem, Virginia the next day. Right? Gosh. We're like, all right, we'll go to this. Uh, t- it was a Turkey Hill convenience store. We'll go to the Turkey Hill. We're going to get a shit ton of beer. We're going to drink mm-hmm. tonight. It's going to be fun. Pennsylvania. Dry County. No alcohol. Right? Well, Boy. was this in Pennsylvania that you were in? You can't buy beer in Turkey Hill. Right. You have to go to the beer store. They had the biggest selection of ice cream I'd ever seen in my entire adult life. Almost but all of it was beer. Turkey Hill, right? <laughs> so it's all Turkey Hill ice cream. Their iced tea is very good. And I've got some kind of like legit Oreo peanut butter ice cream, which was something. Seems legit. And come to find out, we had to get a U-Haul truck that could fit all of our gear that also had a trailer to put the van on top of to then drive it to Salem. A snowstorm ensues. And I had never driven. I was the only one in the band that was 25, right? So I had to drive the rental. I had never driven anything pulling a trailer that happened to have a giant van on it mm-hmm. that began to fishtail as I'm driving down the highway in a snowstorm. So I said to my drummer, because he bought this van for like $400 from a church, and it hmm. had seen hundreds of shows. We got our money out of it. I was like, dude, we're leaving the van. I'm not taking it with me. We're not going to die to take this $400 van back with us. And we pulled over at a quilt store. Because, of course, we're in Amish country. And we get the the van off of the rig. And we're getting ready to leave. And I mean, like, Joey, my drummer, I mean, you basically hear, like, boys, men, like, it's so hot to sing, (laughs) (laughs) you know? As he's looking at this van, and I'm like, dude, we got to go. Suddenly, this Amish guy busts out of the quilt store. Like, you cannot leave this here. You cannot leave this van here. We're like, oh, no, we're not leaving it here. We're going to come back here in in just a bit. He's screaming at us. We hop into the truck and speed off as he's, like, throwing rocks at us. (laughs) (laughs) I kid you not, 
it was horrible. Didn't get paid to go play in Philly. It cost us like 700 and some bucks to rent the truck, to rent the trailer. Then we left the van. We drove back to Roanoke in complete silence. (laughs) Three guys, right? Saying nothing. And right as I get close to Roanoke, because I was still on the radio then, I was like, I said to myself, I put on the radio station that I worked for, the rock station. See what's on. Flip formats. Yeah, I clicked it on, and it was ACDC's It's a Long Way to the Top if you want to rock and roll. There you go. And I seriously listened to it, and I was like, you damn right it is. <laughs> you know, <laughs> It was like the most unbelievable moment. And I, now when I hear that song, the song is like a ballad to me. Or like, if you remember that episode of Seinfeld when the guy listened to Witchy Woman and he would completely like freeze? Mm-hmm. I hear It's a Long Way to the Top, and I'm... And I say nothing. It moves your spirit. It brings me back, man. But we, we went through a lot. And that's a funny story. Uh, Joey, my drummer, who, who was, he owned the van, called a wrecker service and he got them to send him a hundred bucks for scrap. <laughs> that is a true story. You could that, not make that up. That, that coupled with the name of the van, that, Matt I mean, Potato Johnson. I mean, there needs to be a plaque for that or something. <laughs> Here lies mashed potatoes. Yeah, just have a I map. The tires on that truck were worth more than a hundred bucks, but we didn't have to risk our lives to take it to Salem. And we still showed up in time to play the show in Salem that night and played for hundreds of people, which was pretty rocking. I hope that you told that story in chunks in between songs at that show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I definitely told it in chunks. That's great. That was, I don't, that was a drinking joke. I'm okay with that too. <laughs> Cement mixers all around. Ugh. Christian, I don't think we can top that. I think that's a closer right there. I think so too. Um, <laughs> man, that's a great story. But definitely Thanks. check out Biglet Comic Con coming this October, Halloween weekend. Catherine Sutherland will be there. Um, I think me and Sean might make the journey down for that. So do it. You might see us there, but. Thank you so much for coming on. This was a great Thanks, experience. Uh, Sean, anything else you want to say? I have nothing else to add to your television show on the YouTubes. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right. Well, I guess we are out.